The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker, President and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Brianna Price, Marketing Coordinator for the Chamber. Hey, everyone. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber, as you probably guessed, but is made possible through an amazing, outstanding, phenomenal, and oh-so-many-more-adjectives partnership with Dolphin Image Studios. Our producer from Dolphin Image Studios is Nate. Hey, Nate. Tell our listeners a little bit about Dolphin Image Studios. All right. Dolphin Image Studios is a uh, full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000 square foot soundstage, psych wall, LED wall, and a podcast studio. If you want to find us, just go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios. We are so thankful to Dolphin Image Studios for getting us past the technology hump on being able to launch this podcast, and we hope that you will enjoy it. Um, You have to come out and see their studios. It is just absolutely amazing. So today's show is our very first, (laughs) and we couldn't be more excited. We have a great group of people we are speaking with today, including the mayor of Winter Haven, Brad Danzler, as well as segments on Winter Haven's history, how I got here with Alex Cam, and a little coffee talk with Dave Tuttle from Richard's Coffee. It's going to be awesome. And I also realized that as this podcast goes on, I'm going to need to expand my descriptive vocabulary (laughs) for excitement, but I'm just too stoked today to think that hard. So we are just really excited about getting this podcast launched. As with any community collaborative, it takes a village, and we are very lucky to have some of our chamber member businesses jump on early to help support this podcast. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863 259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. So as I mentioned, we are honored to have with us our very first podcast guest, Brad Danzler, Mayor of Winter Haven. Today's main interview sponsor is Strawn Trout Architects. Strawn Trout Architects is a team of local creative professionals that bring a global perspective to every project. 
They apply holistic and sustainable design approach and add value through project-specific strategies and collaboration. With a portfolio that spans six decades, the firm works focus on spaces and places to live, work, play, learn, and worship, ranging from contemporary architecture to restoration of historically significant structures. Strawn Trout's basic philosophy, good design results from creative solutions reflecting an awareness of people's needs. Strawn Trout is a proud sponsor of this podcast featuring Mayor Brad Danzler and have enjoyed working with him, the City Commission, and the entire City staff on the new Fieldhouse and Conference Center, as well as other projects in Winter Haven. Learn more at strawntrout.com. Mayor Danzler was elected during a special election in spring 2013 and re-elected in the fall of 2013 and again in 2017. He is a lifelong Winter Havenite and is here to share some stories about growing up in Winter Haven, what it's like to be an elected official, and what is on the horizon for our community. Welcome, Mayor Danzler. Wow, thank you, Katie. So happy to be here. This is awesome. So glad that you can. May we call you Brad during the interview? Please do, yes. yes. Thank, thank you. you. So first question, you ready? Yes, All right. yes, let's do it. So tell me about what it was like to grow up in Winter Haven, being here your whole life, and uh, and what experiences kind of formed who you are today? Well, um, I'm one of the few people around here that I was actually born at Winter Haven Hospital when it was a small one-story building, and um, it was in the early 60s, and grew up uh, very... Mayberry RFD-ish, you know, I lived in a neighborhood with tons of boys, so we lived outside, we played sports, and we just did all the fun stuff you can possibly do as a kid growing up. It was a very small town. We just ran around, and we knew what everybody was having for dinner, so whoever had the best dinner, we would always try to crash the dinner night. So, um, no, but it was fun, and we had orange wars out on the lake. We water skied just about every day, and uh, summertime came around, and, you know, it was just a life evolved around the lakes mm-hmm. and boating and fishing and those kind of things. And so, um, it was really a, a fun setting. I mean, first street was, was just a two lane road. And I can remember when all the first street was going through this four laning, but we used to be able to ride our bikes all over town. We'd ride our bikes up to the library and, uh, you know, we had a tasty freeze, which is where you'd get ice cream. There was one little ice cream place so we could ride our bikes there. We'd pick up Coke bottles. So we'd have money to, to, you know, buy a popsicle and popsicles are only a dime. So we would drive around and pick up Coke bottles <laughs> so we could buy a popsicle and, you know, just that kind of stuff. It right, was kind of right. stuff you see on TV, but we actually got a chance to live it because I'm old enough now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. To, I mean, even to think about riding your bike along first street, you know, oh, yeah. which you wouldn't yeah. think about doing today, but, uh, and my mom is still alive and I don't want her to hear this, but, uh, one of my best friends growing up was Mark Turner, who's a local attorney. And he and I used to sneak out at night, uh, particularly on the weekends. And we'd ride our bikes all over Winter Haven at 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning, looking for things to do. And, um, you know, never got any trouble and wasn't uh-huh. mischief or anything. Right. Sure. Of course not. At least nothing that we can talk about today. So. Right. He's an attorney. Remember right, that right, now. Right. right. So. Sounds like you have a lot of fond memories in Winter Haven. Is that part of the reason that you decided to stay? Well, yes. Um, you know, I went to school at University of Florida and played baseball there. And then when I graduated, I went, became a pharmaceutical rep and lived in Jacksonville. So, and I went to junior college in St. Petersburg. So I got a chance to live in St. Pete for two years, 
Gainesville for three years, Jacksonville for a couple years. So I've lived around in various places and came back to work with, go to work with my father. And I started a landscaping company and uh, didn't really intend to stay, but here it is 40 years later and I'm still here. So <laughs> thank goodness you are. Yes, thank right, goodness you right. are. So. And you have two older brothers. Two older brothers. Yeah. Rick is um, my oldest brother and he's spent 18 years in the Florida legislature and uh, ran for governor and um, then my brother Todd has been on the county commission and then there's me. So I'm the, mm-hmm. I like to kid him all the time. My parents finally got it right by number three. So, <laughs> well, it's funny. I was looking at, um, Rick's, uh, Wikipedia page, which you come up on. Wait, he's got a Wikipedia? He has a Wikipedia page. Did he do that? Or I don't that? know if he created it or <laughs> he not. He had to but, it. Well, he wouldn't, but, he didn't barely turn his computer on. So yeah, well, you're mentioned on it. So you oh. should Google yourself. Okay. <laughs> I will. That's but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, Todd's going to be really jealous that yeah. Rick has a <laughs> Wikipedia page. So he'll, you guys have to start one for yourselves as well. Yeah. So you mentioned um, you came back and worked for your dad, yeah. um, which is what brought you back to, to Winter Haven. I think a lot of people have similar stories in yes. terms of, of yeah. what draws them back. Um, and your dad was very involved in the formation of Winter Haven as we know it today um, and in Winter Haven politics. Talk a little bit about you know, what he was involved with and what that was like growing up uh, watching his service to the community. Yeah, well, my grandfather actually uh, came to Winter Haven in the 20s. He was a tobacco farmer in South Carolina and lost everything with some weevil or some bug or something that ate all the tobacco. And he saw some video about how you could make a dollar an acre growing bananas in Winter Haven out on Crump Road. And I've seen that, actually seen that video. Bob Gernert posted it somewhere or something. And I watched that video and I said, that's had to have been what my grandfather, because that was his story, how he ended up in Winter Haven. Uh, and he, he, uh, of course had my father and my dad, um, was born in Winter Haven. Actually, he was born at his home over on Avenue I behind first Presbyterian church between that and, and Lake Howard. And they used to go down and he said, Lake Howard was crystal clear. You could see the bottom and they would get water out of Lake Howard for various things. Um, and the police department used to take Sundays off. And those are the kind of things he, he remembered as a child growing up. But, um, yeah, he was always very active um, in the community and he was, uh, you know, politically motivated for certain candidates. And I can remember as a, as a very youngster going out and handing out placards and going door to door for governor's candidates. I remember one particular gentleman, his name was Askew, governor Askew. We were, we were handing, not for him. It was, I can't remember the name of the gentleman now, Matthews, <laughs> Governor, Ma- he was, Matthews was running against Askew and we were supporting Matthews. And so I'm out there handing these placards out and he would give me like 200 of them and I'd have to go out there. So couldn't I, come home till they were all gone. Well, I used to find a garbage can and I would put about 175 of them in the garbage can. So, <laughs> but That's he didn't amazing. know that, but anyway, yeah, so he was, he was always very active in, in, uh, supporting people and causes. Uh, and I remember that very well as a child. So what, um, for our listeners that weren't around during that time, what do we see today as we drive around Winter Haven that your dad had a direct impact on, on creating for us? Well, that's a good question. You know, he was a behind the scenes guy a lot. I mean, he was the mayor of Winter Haven in the sixties and he was one of the ones that was responsible for, uh, bringing the Red Sox to, to Winter Haven, him and Andy Ireland were the two gentlemen that were the most involved with that. Um, and also Polk, Polk Community College, which is now Polk State, was, you know, part of his, one of his initiatives to bring to college. We used to have a, 
golf course where Polk State is over off of Lake Elbert. And so he went to the Berkoviches and said, look, give us some land. We'll move our golf course out to 544, which is where it is today. And they were able to donate the city golf course to the college to build the college there now. Mm-hmm. And that was all because of him uh, working that. So we have Polk State here in Winter Haven. Um, and, of course, uh, one of the things that I'm most proud of with my father that you don't see, there's no buildings to it, had to do with race relations back in the 60s. He was very active uh, with a uh, with a man named Lemuel Gathers, who was African American, and he and Lemuel were really good friends, and uh, they worked very hard uh, in the racial uh, arena to make sure Winter Haven didn't have a lot of the problems that so many communities did in the South. And and um, they Lemuel, my dad didn't talk a whole lot, but Lemuel has since told me a lot of stories that they used to do and things they used to do and. Uh, I was pr- I'm pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. So that that's one wow. of the things that my brothers and I talk about that we're really proud of. I mean, the Red Sox are great and the golf courses and the, you know, all the, the colleges and things like that. But the, a lot of the stuff that went on behind the scenes um, is Took a cool. lot of bravery. Took a lot of bravery part, back in the, Yeah, right. exactly. A story I remember hearing about um, a parade and, and your dad wanted to make sure that, I think it was Lemuel and him were riding in the parade together yeah. side by side for that uh, visual impact to make sure that people saw how important it was. Yeah, that was, that was part of it. And uh, they used to have, try to have lunches together and they would try to be together, you know, and at the kitchen, at the uh, cafeteria to eat, eat lunch and things together, things mm-hmm. like that were, you know, visual, but they were big deals. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right. So why did you decide to run for public office? Uh, well, my kids are grown and out of the house, so I had the time and I wanted to contribute. And there were several issues that were important to me, like the tennis courts was something I felt like our tennis facility mm-hmm. needed to be redone. And I just kept trying and trying and wouldn't get anywhere. So that's one of the issues, this whole issue with the landings. I, you know, it's been a few years now, but I just felt like that needed to be fixed and get on, put on the right path. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of things that I, I wanted to tend to. And I felt like, um, you know, I have a lot of opinions on how things should go around town. So what better way to do it than to be elected and get a bullhorn that you can't get otherwise. So right. that's, that's how it works. Absolutely. And what has your experience been like on the commission? It's been good. I mean, you know, it's, uh, things move slow for me. I'm on the private sector. I, I work for Raymond James. I've been a financial advisor for 26 years. So I'm used to things moving quick and I'm sort of, when I, we make things happen, they happen quickly with government. It's a lot slower. <laughs> it's like trying to turn a, you know, a, a ocean liner quickly. It just doesn't work that way. We only meet twice a month. So, and if we don't have all our ducks in a row, we have to wait two more weeks to meet again. And, and with the sunshine laws, we can't call each other on the commission and talk to them about issues. We have to wait to talk about things in a public arena. So, you know, things just go just so slow, mm-hmm. but, um, we're still making good progress. We've got a lot of good stuff going on. You just have to plan out ahead and, try to get, you know, try to have a strategy in place as you're trying to get things done. So it's, but it's good. I mean, I think we're making some really good progress right now. So. Right. So, and we know that you've been an integral part to the elevation of arts in Winter Haven as well. Um, so why is that important to you, arts specifically? Well, I love artists, first of all, and I wish I was an artist, but I'm not. I don't have any creative juices in my body at all. <laughs> I'm a numbers person. I'm really good at numbers and I see numbers and those kind of things, but I don't, but I love being around weird people and artist people. And, um, and I just think, um, 
you know, art is good business too. I mean, when people want to move to Winter Haven or to a community, the, they want to know what kind of schools you have, what do you have to do, what kind of restaurants, and of course, do you have anything that, for entertainment and arts is one of those big things. So I really enjoy art museums. It's one of my favorite things to go to. So, um, you know, it's just one of the things that comes natural to me. And it just so happens that it makes perfect sense for a community that's growing and burgeoning like Winter Haven is, is to have an art component. And so it's been an easy thing for me to promote. So, uh, and I'm going to keep doing it because I like it. Brad, you mentioned the arts um, and sports with the new field house and conference center. A lot of people see that as a big basketball arena or volleyball, whatever uh, sport might be played. But the arts got a real boost with that investment in the Chain of Lakes complex. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, you're right. And um, it does look like a big basketball complex. It's got the magic uh, sign out front and it's going to be used for a lot of sports and sports and athletic events and conferences. But the big one of the big things I'm most proud of is what's going to happen with theater in Winter Haven. We have the best theater in Florida, really in the Southeast. And I'm not just being biased. I know we've won competitions and the, um, the, the you know, the, the head guy down there, Dan Chesnick, is a friend of mine. He's full of energy and is another one of these younger people that I'm just thrilled is back in Winter Haven. But we've got a second stage now coming, what they call a black box for people for small one uh, you know, smaller um, events and smaller performances. So I'm so proud of what's going on with Theater Winter Haven. Um, renovations are going on there now. They've already been done. We've added a, we've added a, uh, a um, elevator to help people get mm-hmm. up, to the, up to the theater. We're going to redo the bathroom. So a lot of things that needed to be done for our community theater that we're all so proud of, we're doing. And can't wait to see what happens with this black box that Dan's got to play with down there now. So, Well, and Dan is the Energizer Bunny. I mean, not only is he running programs at Theater Winter Haven proper, he's running all the programming at the Ritz Theater in downtown. They do shows out at Lake Ashton. Um, You know, there's multiple facilities that have uh, Dan and Theater Winter Haven's fingerprints on it. So, I showed up yesterday or two days ago for the grand opening of our field house and Dan's holding court, dancing around, laughing, joking, you know, dancing all over the place. Just like you said, the ever ready bunny. And I'm just happy that he's here. And doing you, this thing. you thought you built, uh, you know, 12 championship volleyball courts. You really just built a much larger stage for Dan to <laughs> dance around on. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what a lot of people um, that are listening that may not know is that there is an actual subcommittee of the city commission right. called the cultural arts advisory committee. Um, all volunteers from the yeah. community, some artists, some not some yeah. more business thinkers. Um, but initiatives that they have pushed uh, are very visible in right. the community. Um, all of the electrical boxes in the mm-hmm. downtown core are painted with these beautiful murals. Uh, right now they're deciding what's going to be painted on the water tower right. in conjunction with the, uh, CRA board as right. well. So um, there's brick and mortar impacts to bringing more art to the, the downtown core and to Winter Haven, which I think has helped in a tremendous way. We know that's true. I started that committee when I was one of the first thing I did when I got on the commission was to start that. And I told them, I said, look, we need to get some real successes. We need to pick some low hanging fruit and get some things out there. And we started off with the little free libraries. If you notice, all that was my wife's thing. She read had, headed that up for us, and all the little free libraries are all done by local artists. So they're really cool looking. And then we went to the power boxes, 
And if Tico, if you're listening, all the only power boxes we can paint are the Winter Haven power boxes. We'd love to paint Tico boxes. So Tico, <laughs> you know, we've tried. You tell you tell us keep telling us no, but if you could let us have about ten of your power boxes, we can keep this going. So, uh, <laughs> but we're getting ready to start a big butterfly initiative. You know, in Lakeland they have the swans. Mm-hmm. We're we're doing butterflies here, and we're going to do the first three starting this year mm-hmm. uh, on city property, and then we're going to you know go out and try to get businesses try to, to get businesses and. Very good. Working on some good, cool things. So it's a good committee. Yeah, it definitely is. It's keeping keeping it going in terms of keeping the arts at the forefront of of what we need to do. So I read an article recently um, that started with Mayor Danzler leads with his head and his heart. And it was in relation to your push to tackle the student homelessness problem in Winter Haven. Can you talk a little bit about how you became aware of the problem and what you were hoping that the city can do to help combat it? Well, thank you for bringing this up, Katie, because this is another one of those things that's near and dear to my heart. And people don't realize the homeless situation of of school-age kids. We have between 400 and 600 school-age kids in the city, lim- city limits of Winter Haven that are homeless. And we have about 15 college kids at Polk State that live in a car. And this is not something that we this is not an unusual uh, a, a huge number that we can't solve this is something i feel like we can solve and i think this is something that we as a community should tackle and so i've used my position as the mayor and then having the mouthpiece that i have to try to bring this to the forefront and this is not homelessness that we don't i don't know an answer to this chronic problem but we have four 600 800 kids children and we know who they are because they're they're registered with the school system and they freely share their their names with us and i think that we can do something for those children and break this pattern and i just feel like it's incumbent on us to at least try and that's what my whole position has been all along we may not be able to solve it well if we can help if we can help one family or one kid or one we'll do it but i i just feel like Everybody I talk to agrees with me. There's no, there's nobody that disagrees. So why don't we go ahead and try something? And so that's what we've done. We've put together a very elaborate plan. It's not that expensive, um, but we're going to help these children. And it's already working. We've already got some things. We've got some success stories. We've only been at it about six months. So we've already got some successes. And the way to combat homelessness with kids is to keep them from becoming homeless. And that's through things like rent assistance. And so many people are just one you know, if their car breaks down, they're going to, oh, they don't have right. any money to pay their rent. So we're helping with things like that. And, um, you know, it's not perfect and we're going to have mistakes and we're going to stumble along the way, but we're going to make a difference. We're going to try anyway. And so, you know. Yeah, I saw an article, uh, Brad, with Heart for Winter Haven, right. who is the nonprofit partner in mm-hmm. this uh, city initiative, uh, is looking for anyone that may have uh, excess living space or excess yeah. space in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be living space right now that they think could help right. house a family. So if any of our listeners know of any space out there, definitely reach out to, to Mayor Danzler or Brad at Heart for Winter Haven. Yeah, too. It can be a garage apartment. It can be a mobile home that ha- doesn't have an air conditioner. We're, we have money to to put up to make these places livable and you can collect rent because these every everybody that we're trying to help they all willing to pay rent they just might need to help with the deposit or you know they have income they just need a place so mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do absolutely um you also represent the city of winter haven on the tourist development council what exciting things does that entity have going on in relation to winter haven winter haven or all of polk so the Tourist Development Council, otherwise known as the TDC, this is the this is a county uh, 
committee or group, you know, and, and when you stay in a hotel in, in Winter Haven or in Polk County, there's a five, there's five cents or 5%. There's what we call five pennies that gets added to the bill that is to be used for um, tourist initiatives to continue to, to try to bring people in. And so those pennies are broken up and for different things. And so what, um, you know, Winter Haven has a fair amount of hotels, Legoland's building hotels. We have hotels around. And so um, this Tourist Development Council, of which I'm the vice chair of, we meet on a systematic basis every month or every other month. And we talk about uh, what can we do to help bring more tourism to Winter Haven and, um, you know, things like Tiger Town. And uh, I think the Tourist Development Council spent $14 million to renovate Tiger Town. And then the Lakeland Theater, another eight or nine million. Well, we just got 11 million for our new field house and conference center that we just opened. So, um, you know, these are things that bring people in at the term is called heads in the beds. We're trying to figure out a way to bring people in from out of the community to our community to put their heads in the beds. And as they come, it self-perpetuates because you're, they're paying a 5% tax. This is very common. This is what happens in Orlando. This is happens all over the place. This, this is called a bed tax and some, some, communities pay a lot more than five percent we do five percent here in polk county and it used to support it goes to support all kinds of initiatives we just put a million dollars into the lakeland airport for their um you know for their for people come in from out of the country you know their, their customs. customs yeah mm-hmm. we put a million bucks in the customs office over there so these are things to bring people in to help perpetuate so so shifting gears a little bit thinking of the future of our community kind of a two-part question what excites you the most about winter haven's future and what is your greatest wish for winter haven what excites me the most is the young people that are coming back and the young people that are here and um you know our community for the longest time was a small kind of bedroom community very nice but we've grown. We're bigger. I mean, we're 42,000 people in the city limits now. We have 80,000 people that call Winter Haven home that, you know, have get services from us. So it's not a little small bedtime community, but we, we've got smart, trendy, progressive people living here now. And that's what excites me is the future. It's people like you, Katie, not to, not to, you know, and, oh, well, and, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, it's guys like you that are here and you're not looking to move on and you're, you're here, you're building lives here and you're building families here. And that's kind of what, that was my dad's vision. That was my vision. And it's finally starting to happen. I just wish he was alive to see it because it's pretty cool that we have these tech companies downtown and we have all these sushi restaurants and Thai food and, you know, all those good places to eat and, plenty of places to drink and all kinds of things. We just stuff that when I was a kid growing up, it was just unimaginable to think that you could get a real good plate of sushi, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but here, you can, but you can. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. so here we are and we've, we, it's kind of like we're there now we have to kind of manage it because it's growing so fast that we don't want it to just become, you know, traffic is, really could become a problem. It's a really problem in Lakeland. I, you know, Lakeland's crowded all the time. They're, I love Lakeland. They're huge. They're great places, good places, but I, I don't want us to become so crowded that we can't drive to where we want to get to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. those are the kind of problems that come with growth that we have to try to manage. So, yeah. Well, and the good news is that the city is, has a 10 year capital improvement plan too. So, right. you know, right. the commission voted on, on funding that over the next 10 years. So there's, yeah. there's lights at the end of the tunnel. I don't yeah. know how we're going to accomplish everything in terms of, uh, you can't really 
add more lanes. Not that more lanes ever helps. It just right. puts more cars. <laughs> right. um, and uh, one thing I always joke about is, you know, with 55 lakes, you can't just build a bunch of bridges. Right. You know, I think we're right. all waiting for the the car that flies or right. the car that converts <laughs> to an amphibious vehicle and yeah. we can make it to the uh, to work uh, on the chain. That's another thing. You know, it'd be those people that live on the, the chain of lakes, just take your boat to work. Dock, yeah, exactly. dock it at the new Lake yeah. Howard dock on Lake yeah. Howard and walk up into downtown and save you, well, you know, your space on the road. I've had those discussions with, with Mayor Mutz out of Lakeland and we keep thinking that technology is going to solve some of our problems like through driverless cars and Uber and things like that. People are going to need cars. We can catch a ride into town, eat downtown, work downtown and catch a ride back and not have to take our own car. But so far, that hasn't happened. But we're hoping that that will eventually solve our, some of our problems, some technology. But we'll see. Well, through the City Smart City initiatives, maybe right. we'll get there faster than some it. other communities. Right. So do you see yourself continuing to serve for the commission until the term limits are up? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I've already been on it seven, six or seven years. I really want to turn it over to the young people, uh, you know. Not that I'm old, but I would, I would rather, uh, you know, I, I, want to, I want to turn this thing over to the young folks and so let them have it. And that was, again, something I learned from my dad. He said, you should always be looking for who's going to replace you and help bring them along. And, and I do that a lot. I'm always looking at the young folks. And that's why I go to the Endeavor program that you guys have at the chamber. I'm trying to see who the next young people are that are coming up and see if there's somehow I can turn my reins over to them. Because, you know, that's, uh, this is not a lifelong gig for me. And. So this is this is this is kind of where I see it. So well, we're very lucky to have you serve for the time that you have served. Yes. And, um, you know, I want to thank you so much for being our very first oh, ever yes. podcast guest today. So um, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today, and thank you so much to your service to Winter Haven. Oh, you're welcome. And this is a thrill, and I can't wait to pull this up on Apple Podcasts and <laughs> actually listen to my own voice through my through my car radio, which is what I do every day. So this is neat. It's going to be great. Thank you so much, Brad. We you're appreciate welcome. it. All right, appreciate you guys. We would like to thank our second business that has stepped up as our presenting sponsor for It's Happening in the Haven. Advent Health came to Polk County in September 2019 with the acquisition of Heart of Florida Regional Medical Center and Lake Wales Medical Center and has swiftly become an active and engaged community partner. Established in 1908 by pioneering Seventh-day Adventists who believed in the whole person's health, healing the body, mind, and spirit, Advent Health has grown into one of the largest nonprofit hospitals in the country. In addition to the two hospitals in Polk County, Advent Health also has Centricare, an urgent care facility on Cypress Gardens Boulevard, and a physician's group office on First Street in downtown Winter Haven. Learn more at adventhealth.com. As a part of our weekly podcast, we will have a variety of segments touching on topics that make Winter Haven and Polk County what it is today. Our first segment is Where We Came From with your history segment host, Bob Gerner, director of the Museum of Winter Haven History. Let's talk a little bit today about the village when it was platted and when F.A.K. Harris comes to town. The railroad brought development to Central Florida and Polk County. Travel guides and brochures from the 1870s and 1880s describe the area as a cattle region and in many respects one of the most desirable portions of Florida. The printed materials describe clear lakes, 
beautiful streams, first-rate pine, and very productive clay subsoil. In May of 1883, J. Blount and W.T. Whitledge, Bartow Realtors and Merchants, developed a town plan based on a grid system of blocks and tiers, a pattern that still exists today. The plan was divided into commercial, residential, and farmland areas. At the center, a central park, oriented north and south, ran two blocks bracketing the South Florida Railroad property. Blount and Whitledge sold the first portion of their holdings to early settler excuse me, Frederick Amasa Knowles, or F.A.K. Harris, who arrived in the area during 1884. Families such as Ecclesheimer, Jackson, and Sykes were in the area, but not residing within the newly platted village. P.D. Ecclesheimer was among the first to purchase land within the village as yet unnamed. Harris came to the area from Vermont after a tragic stay in Nebraska where his wife, Adele, was injured in a tornado. The Harrises, including one-year-old Bert, built both the first commercial and residential structure within the limits of the newly planted village. The family opened a mercantile business on the first floor and lived upstairs. The railroad was under construction at the time, and Mrs. Harris sometimes cooked for the workers. For a short time, the railroad workers referred to the new settlement as Harris Corner. Their Harris store was located at the corner of 5th Street and Central Avenue Northwest, facing east toward Central Park. Mr. Harris was known as the father of Winterhaven for having built the first building in the town proper or within the village limits. He also served as an early postmaster and on the town council. Harris descendants still live in Winterhaven today. If you want to learn more about the history of Winterhaven, tune into our podcast or like the Museum of Winterhaven History's Facebook page for more information and their hours of operation. I'd like to introduce you to a segment we're calling Coffee Talk. And today we're taking it very literally as we are speaking to Dave Tuttle, owner of Richard's Fine Coffee in downtown Winter Haven. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Dave, to start out this morning, tell us a little bit about the history of Richard's Fine Coffee. So, back in the early 90s, we operated a couple of delis here in Winter Haven. And we were looking to uh, find something different to get into something that Winter Haven didn't have at that time. So uh, it, it took us a couple of years, but uh, we finally found that nowhere in Winter Haven or matter of fact in Polk County was their coffee. There were no cafes, no coffee houses. So that's uh, what caused us to want to put one in for the first time. And we're still primarily the oldest independent in Polk County. And uh, that's where we got our start. And why is it called Richards? When we were putting it together, we were trying to come up with a name. We wanted to use a common name. And Dave's Coffee just didn't have a ring. (laughs) And it still doesn't have a ring. At the time we were putting it together, my father-in-law had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And we thought, uh, what better name to use than his name, which was Richard. 
So uh, we decided to call it Richard's Fine Coffees, and and uh, he came to the grand opening that uh, we had done in conjunction with the chamber at that time back in 96. And uh, he knew nothing about it until he came in from out of town to see the grand opening and saw his name on the marquee, and it uh, it brought tears to his eyes, and uh, I remember it uh, vividly uh, until the day I die. That's That's such a sweet tribute. That is. How many times do you get called Richard in a day? Uh, All day. (laughs) And for the first 10 years, I corrected people. Uh, The last 14 years, I just answered anything. (laughs) That's so funny. So why do you think your regulars come to Richard's? I mean, I would consider myself a regular, so I think I know the answer. But what do you think? Uh, Personal service. Everybody that walks in that door, we consider family. And we expect to treat them by, like family. And uh, that's more important than every drink or every pastry that we serve. Uh, while we're not perfect by any means, we strive for that kind of service and that kind of connection every single day. Yeah, I love when I just walk in and the tall chai or tall dirty chai <laughs> is already waiting for me by the time I get to the register. We hope so. so. <laughs> it's fabulous. What is your bestseller? Probably our caramel macchiato. That is espresso, steamed milk, vanilla syrup, and caramel sauce. That probably outsells everything. That's oh. funny because that's what I order every time I drink. <laughs> and you're I one of the reasons that. why. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite thing on the menu? My favorite is a latte, which is simply espresso and steamed milk. How much have you learned about coffee? Did you know much about coffee before? I knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> and... Compared to a lot of the folks out there in this industry, I still know absolutely nothing. <laughs> there are an inc- uh, incredible number of creative people in this industry, and it's amazing to see the new things that they develop every single day. Well, slow drip, nitro. I mean, you have to right. constantly Pour-overs. stay. It, exactly. Constantly we we stay can't ahead. keep up with it. <laughs> well, I think you do a great job keeping up with it. There's always something great and new to try at Richard's Coffee. So what's in store for Richard's in 2020? So uh, one of the biggest things we're working on is, is something everybody is familiar with, and that's online ordering apps and rewards programs. Your chains have that now, uh, and we're trying to develop that ourselves being that we're this small, we have to develop it through third-party vendors uh, since we're not large enough to have our own IT department. Um, so that's, Barista slash networking yeah. coordinators. So we're working on that. That's the biggest program that we're looking at uh, this year. Uh, uh, another program that we're trying to accomplish this year as well is we're trying to become more eco-friendly. We're trying to turn more of our paper products into an eco-product uh, and while we probably won't have all of them turned uh, turned by uh, the end of the year, we're going to have probably 75% of it turned by then. That's wow. fantastic. Well, Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. And I want to remind all of our listeners to shop small. Stop into Richard's Finds Coffee today, located inside the Winter Haven Public Library in downtown Winter Haven at 330 Avenue A Northwest. Thanks for having us. Our final segment for today's show is a segment we're calling How I Got Here, which will focus on people's interesting stories about the journey that brought them to Winter Haven and what they're doing today. 
Our guest today is Alex Cam, owner of Cam's Catering. Welcome to the show, Alex. Alex, we've spoken before because you are such a wonderful volunteer for the Chamber of Commerce. We've had an opportunity to get to know you about your family's journey to Winter Haven. And your dad is an immigrant. Tell me a little bit about his story and how he got to the United States. Sure. Uh, thank you, Katie, first of all. Um, my dad is originally from Sivas, Turkey. So he grew up in a rural area um, and his family were farmers. So when my father was about 18, he started working for the Cunard Cruise Line. Um, and he was began as a waiter there, worked his way up to a uh, head waiter. Um, now, the way he got to the U.S., uh, my mom was actually a passenger on the cruise line where he worked. And it's, it's a funny story because she, uh, well, actually, it started with my grandmother getting diagnosed with cancer, actually. So uh, my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer, unfortunately, and my mother decided that she would take her on a cruise. She had never been on a cruise before. So they wanted to go on a cruise to Alaska, which is where my father was, um, th the ship was. Mm -hmm. And um, they, uh, he st she, she was a passenger there. And did they like star cross across the room, see each other? Or how did they meet when well, they were on the ship? He was the, he was a head waiter there. My mom uh, and my grandmother were having dinner one evening. My father talked to her, uh, began a conversation with her. And they got to know one another. They what they did was they had a long, uh, long distance relationship for a couple years, mm -hmm. and um, that actually is how my dad ended up here. She she moved here with her friend mm -hmm. um, from Orlando, and uh, he came here to be with her. You know, get to know one another mm -hmm. and stay here. So were they pen pals for a while, or you said it was long distance? So they met on the ship and then just started to correspond because there was was there wasn't email or anything when they met, was there? Right, they were yeah. writing letters, and um, what what happened was my father came here uh, shortly after they got married, and um, then they had me. So that's how I ended up here <laughs> myself. So my right. journey was actually. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Right, you were right. born here? <laughs> right, right. Here in Winter Haven. So. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. That there, Some moment on a cruise ship and this spark and this connection. And that is how we have you here today. I right, love that. Right. It was a ship. Funny part, though, was it was a ship she wasn't even supposed to be on. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's the crazy thing. Because, um, as I mentioned, they, they, for my grandmother, my mom purchased a cruise. They got notification that. They, um, the, the cruise was not going to happen on this ship. There had been a fire or something like that. So what they did was they dispersed the passengers to different cruise lines. Mm -hmm. That's how she ended up on the Cunard wow. Princess. Oh, wow. So, it, it, you know, cool. it's pretty cool. Yeah, so. that is. That is. That's amazing. Fate. Right, Fate right. took a hand exactly. on that one. I love it. So we know how you ended up here, but how did you actually end up in your career now? Well, my father started our business, Cam's Catering Company, in 1997. So he started here in Winter Haven. Uh, I started working with my dad from a very young age. It was something I always wanted to be a part of. Always wanted to, you know, growing up, seeing how what he went through, and you know, really him being an immigrant uh, was was you know an immigrant to this country. Starting a business here was something I always had a tremendous amount of respect for. Uh, when he came here, he spoke very little English originally. For an individual to come here, learn the language, um, you know, figure things out, start a business. And, um, you know, make it work. And here we're almost, you know, entering our 23rd year of operation. It's pretty incredible. And wow. and, and what that is, that's a testament to his hard work. Um, and that's something that I have always, you know, seen from my father is mm -hmm. just this. He instills this hard work and it comes from it's where he comes from, too. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's something that I, I just think is incredibly impressive. And 
It is. It is incredible. And you decided to stay with the family business. What what were the main thoughts? Because you, you grew up here. Sure. Uh, you went to, what high school did you go to? Actually, went to Auburndale High School. You went to Auburndale right. High School. But I went, I went to elementary and middle school here in Winter Haven. In Winter Haven yeah. and then Auburndale High School. And, you know, a lot of us that went to high school here, you've got that decision. Sure. You know, do I stay or do sure. I go? Sure. And you decided to stay. What were those main reasons you decided to stay? Well, the main reasons, I would say, first and foremost, uh, the family business. I had mm. that here. I was already working with my dad. Um, and I looked at it as an opportunity to grow personally also. Um, it, what I like is experience. I, 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 th- I thought that staying here, investing in the family business, growing in the family business would give me the best possible experience professionally. Um, my support system was here locally. Uh, we have a college here, Polk State College. That's also where I went to school. Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity to go to uh, get a college education here in town as well. But... Um, the main thing was just to grow. I thought that was my best opportunity to grow and learn the lessons that I wanted to learn. It gave me an opportunity to have an administrative role uh, with my father's business mm-hmm. in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I also started my first business here in Winter Haven when I was 24. What was that? ASC event planning. Mm, so okay. that was a, a branch off from the industry mm-hmm. we're in. Um, and Winter Haven, too, is... Um, Winter Haven is a special place. In the almost 30 years I've been here, the growth has been tremendous. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think it's a very interesting time in Winter Haven's history where we're changing and growing and evolving and everything. So I think it's the perfect place to right. start Especially that Especially as a young person. Right. I think Absolutely. one of the things that's most unique about Winter Haven is that you can be almost 30, as you said, which makes right. me feel old. But you can be almost 30 and have a loud... Uh, voice that can have an impact sure. in our community. And I think um, it, you've seen that through even your involvement with the chamber and with our young professionals group, Endeavor Winter Haven. Right. Um, and you can have an impact sure. uh, and you can be a, a big fish in a small pond, but it's a pond that's growing very, very quickly. It's a pond that's growing very quickly, but also, like you said, um, I mentioned that it's an inter- it's an interesting part in the history of Winter Haven at this time with the growth that we're having and everything and all the different businesses that are coming here. Um, we have a very diverse community. Um, and I, I agree with you. It's just that there's a, a huge opportunity for young professionals to actually make an impression on where the city's going, actually um, have a hand in its development. So I, I think it's a huge opportunity that benefits the city of Winter Haven, mm-hmm. but right. also those individuals. So I, I, I personally think it's, it's a, great place to start that journey. Absolutely. And is there something specific that you like the most about living in Winter Haven? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, There's so many things to choose from. <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, I mean, for me, for me personally, this is home. Um, you know, my family's here. Uh, business is here. Um, so I think it's a great place to, to raise a family. I don't personally have my own family at this time, but I think it's a great place to start a family. I think it's a great place to live. Uh, we have so many different um, businesses that are here. There's a lot to do. Um, you know, we have a lot of activities for, you know, people who are interested in hobbies, things like that. We have our lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I th- what I like the most is how exciting it is, uh, how it's changing, how we're there's always something going on and evolving just, just to see yeah, the yeah. evolution. Exactly. Yeah. Just to see how, as I said, Looking back on it from the time I was a little kid to now, uh, and then to think of what it's going to be for the next 20 or 30 years. So it's 
it's an exciting time. So right, definitely yeah. full circle moment, I would say. So thank you so much for being on the show with us, Alex. We My appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on our very first It's Happening in the Haven podcast. Bree, thank you so much for being my awesome co-host today. You're very welcome. We'd like to thank our guests for today's podcast, Brad Danzler, Mayor of Winter Haven, Bob Gurner with the Museum of Winter Haven History, Dave Tuttle with Richard's Fine Coffee, and Alex Cam with Cam's Catering. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about the Winter Haven Chamber, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hoped you learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home. <laughs>